Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and happy holidays. Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast today. My name is Terry Fletcher. So I know everyone's kind of taken a break from their podcast. Well, except me, as you know, rain or shine, I'm here. (laughs) And I think because we are getting into 2023 so quickly, uh, I just, I cannot not have an episode for you. So today what I'm going to try and really do is look at time-based E&M. And it's going to be a quick hit today, just some information that hopefully will help you uh, train your physicians and talk to your physicians. And if you need more than this, don't forget, I do have an on-demand 2023 E&M coding update uh, webinar on, on my website. So feel free to register for that or to purchase that, and then you can get it in real time. So one of the things that seems to come up all the time is the doctors seem to think that if you time your visit, meaning the E&M or the office visit codes or even now the hospital, that that's easier than trying to base it on medical decision making. And actually it is not because of everything that goes into time, but also because you have to be specific to the patient. And what I'm seeing a lot of as an auditor is generic or are generic statements Um, that are being seen with every patient. So it's just another, I guess, kind of uh, cut and paste type thing practices are doing that is getting us back to the problem we had with the 95 and 97 guidelines of just pulling generic information forward that wasn't really applicable to the patient that is in front of you. So here is what it says on the AMA website. It says, for coding purposes, time for the services is the total time on the date of the encounter. It includes both face-to-face and non-face-to-face time personally spent by the physician or other qualified healthcare professionals on the date of the encounter. It includes time that in activities that require the physician or the QHP and does not include time in activities normally performed by the clinical staff. So here's something that you have to keep in mind. Let's say that your physician likes to time all their visits. Like I, I have a lot of clients that do that and, and I'm always on them about this. And they have staff that initiate the visit. So whether it be telehealth or in person, the staff takes part of the history, the staff takes, you know, the vitals, part of the exam or the constitutional, Um, they do a little bit of the review of systems, you can't count any of that. So if I see in the record, where it says I spent 16 minutes providing a history and exam with the patient, and then I know for a fact, or I research it, I mean, I'm doing my due diligence as an auditor, that your clinical staff is helping with that, I'm going to start deducting time, and it could actually negate your record. So think about that when you're talking to your physicians about time, because it cannot be included. Any staff member who's obtaining a history, who's helping with the exam, cannot be included. And if your physician is putting down statements of, you know, I just did a history and exam and putting an amount of time, there's nothing carved out for the staff there. And if they are participating in that element of that ENM, that could be a problem if you are ever audited. So what face-to-face services are we talking about? So preparing to see the patient, if you are putting, you know, I reviewed, I would prefer you not to say review test, okay? So I can't tell you it's a mandate, but this is how to be Uh, best practices and to be audit proof. You know, you want to be bulletproof here. Instead of saying I reviewed tests, what tests did you review? And what did you see on those tests? 
Um, again, a, obtaining a history, but you have to do it, the physician or the provider. Same with the examination. It has to be medically appropriate for the reason the patient came in. If there's any counseling and education of the patient, you don't want to say, I counseled and educated the patient for uh, six minutes. What did you talk to them about? Counsel the patient on the importance of adhering to their medication um, prescriptions and not only taking half, something like that. Um, if you are charging for any um, medications or uh, procedures, you can't include those times, but you can include the ordering. Again, if you're time basing your code, if it's medical decision making, then you would include that in your categories there and your elements um, and documenting clinical information in the electronic or other health record. This part is really interesting because I'm getting physicians saying that they spent, for example, 16 minutes face-to-face uh, -face with the patient, and then I'll get, I spent um, 18 minutes uh, documenting clinical information in the record. So what you're trying to tell people is that you're not documenting as you go. You don't have a tablet or a laptop or some kind of electronic medical record in the room with the patient. And if you're still on paper charts, and trust me, there's still people out there, you're not writing in the record. So you're basically face-to-face -face with the patient. You never look down. You're never doing anything to take notes. And then you leave that room you what, go to your office, go to a, a side area where now you're going to document everything you remembered without thinking about the next patient or other things in your head. That doesn't make sense from a workflow perspective. So remember that when you're trying to document in a time-based where it has to make sense. You know, you don't want to carve out too much, otherwise it's going to look suspect. And I've seen that, oh my gosh, so many times and I'm just like, this is, this is not going to fly. And you're also there to tell the patient's story. So for example, this is what you would document. I spent 32 minutes today examining the patient, documenting in his chart, ordering a sleep study, and discussing his case with the pulmonologist for possible referral for beginning stages of COPD. Patient has severe breathing uh, issues. I will talk to Robert or discuss with Robert, that's the patient, uh, when they can get in to see that other provider. Something like that. A patient returns for follow-up of hypertension, which is well controlled on medication and diabetes, non-insulin dependent management. You see, I not only gave the diagnosis of what the patient's being seen for, but the status of that diagnosis. Uh, due to the patient's extreme fatigue, I will order a thyroid panel. Not just thyroid panel ordered. You have to say why, and it has to be related to that presenting problem or problems addressed. Or decrease Lipitor to blank milligrams as the patient has lost 75 pounds and through diet modifications has reduced their cholesterol levels. That's personal to the patient. What I wouldn't want to see is 50% of the time spent in today's visit was counseling. Okay, for what? Uh, patient returns for follow-up. That's a kiss. That's a killer. Um, we'll order labs for further workup. What labs and what are you trying to work up? Med list reviewed, that gets you nowhere. Continue meds, that gets you nowhere. Or spent 25 minutes examining, counseling the patient. Okay, what did you find? What was it that you spent all that time for? And remember, when you are dealing with time, you are going to have to prove that. So now when we talk about face-to-face -face and non-face-to-face, non-face-to-face again is personally spent by the provider. You're gonna have to prove that you were in the office that much time that you actually did things on your own without the staff. If you hand off a chart to a staff, and I'm talking, I'm pretending I'm speaking to physicians on the podcast or your providers, um, you're, if you hand that chart off, that's when the time stops. 
So you, you have to realize that it has to be time spent uniquely for one patient. It cannot list the same time period for more than one patient, and you would have to provide that information. Let's say that you wanted to speak to the patient's um, physician, but when the patient was there for their encounter today, uh, the, the, you try to call the primary care, let's say, and they, they weren't in. So you told the patient, you know, I'll try to get a hold of them later. You kept the, the encounter open, the patient's uh, primary care doctor, tongue-tied today, sorry about that. The patient's primary care doctor was uh, called back, let's say, in an hour or two. You stepped out of another room with the patient. And then you spend another five minutes talking to that provider on the phone and you had a conversation that had to do with the treatment of your patient that left. Make sure you document how much time, what that conversation was back in that record and now you can add that to your total time in the day if that is a time-based service. Now the other thing you can do, and this is where it would make it really easy, if you had to discuss the management of that patient with another provider, that gets you to category three and a level four or five under data points. So see how having to document the time for that conversation to add it back in would be very cumbersome and, and administratively tough to do, but just to you just to talk to that physician and have that discussion gets you to a category three and a four or five level service. And so it, it's easier actually to document that um, as a medical decision-making element rather than a, uh, a time element. A couple other reminders, and these are for the auditors out there. Providers should not include time spent performing or reading EKGs, x-rays, or any kind of point of care test that you're billing separately. So if you're billing any of those tests separately, do not include that. Time should also not be accounted for other services such as care coordination or tobacco cessation because you're billing those separately. Okay, and again, nothing with your staff and then only time on the date of the face-to-face -face visit. So if you review a chart the day before, you can't have that time. And so, or if you're, you, um, let's say you chart the day after, you finish, heaven forbid, we don't want you to do that. But if that's how you do things, you cannot uh, count that time either. So time is, is really a, becoming an issue with a lot of ENM encounters, mainly because of the generic statements I'm seeing. I'm seeing just a, a drop-down screen that's being clicked. And then when I go and see it on every single patient, that's a problem. So try to, if you are internally auditing your providers, make sure you're looking for that. Go back and say, okay, let me look at the visit before and see if they said the exact same thing. The specialties I see this a lot with, oncology, pulmonary, cardiology, and yes, primary care, where they've just created these macros like we used to have in the different, um, the 9597, and now they're pulling them through as statements and trying to use that to continue the time. And I don't want to say they have nothing to do with the patient, but they don't have anything to do with the patient specifically for today's visit. It's more of a generic statement. So I just wanted to bring you that because I know a lot of you are thinking, oh my gosh, time or medical decision making. And again, I hope you did take your webinars on this because these this is a very big update for ENM services. And there's a lot of challenges that are going to go with it because you've got AMA, CPT, and then you've got Medicare saying not so fast. So there's a lot of conflicts in the hospital new updates that uh, Medicare does not agree with CPT. And so just keep that in mind. Make sure you, you do take your educational uh, information and your educational webinars uh, or in person, whatever you're able to do uh, to get this together before the first of the year.
Okay, so my personal tidbit. Well, of course, it's the holiday season. I'm done Christmas shopping and I've got everything wrapped. My daughter and her husband get to come for uh, Christmas this year. So I'm very excited about that. So what is a guilty pleasure that I'm watching over the holidays? Okay, well, there's one movie because I've tried to watch a couple of those cheesy Christmas rom-coms. They're so terrible. But there's one from 2020 that I found on Netflix and it's called The California Christmas and it's based in Napa. So if anybody gets a chance to look at that, it's it's very cute and it's not it's not cheesy. I hate cheesy stuff like that. It's just like, really? Um, and then also the... Um, Christmas holiday or the holiday baking championship. So I just root for people. And sometimes I don't sometimes I'm like, okay, vote her off the island there. But um, this one is really good this year. So if you get a chance to look at the season this year for holiday baking championship, uh, take a look at it. It's every week somebody gets voted off and you can find it on Amazon uh, Prime. So if you have that, but it's it's very good. And the last thing I mentioned this a couple of years ago, for those of you that are ordering from Amazon, make sure that you pick the Amazon box option. Otherwise, some things will get delivered to you in the box that the it comes in that has what you ordered on the outside of the box. But when you before you click purchase, it'll actually say if that box may or may not have that on the outside and you can switch it where they'll put that box inside an Amazon box, especially for those of you have small kids. It happened to me one year when I got my husband a barbecue years ago and uh, it came in a big box that said barbecue on it. And luckily he wasn't home, but I was like, seriously, that doesn't help at Christmas. So everyone, I hope you have a great Christmas. Uh, For those of you that celebrate Hanukkah, I know that started this week and this past weekend. So happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, everybody happy holidays. And I'll talk to you next week on the CodeCast podcast. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing, and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter at TerryCoder1 or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net. Podcast producer Joe Kuzma. Music producer Assassin Music.